Welcome back to the Kickstart Finance Podcast. My name is Tucker McLean, a teenager interested in finance and your host. Tune in to learn the financial tools you won't learn in school and career advice from professionals in the financial industry. Welcome back to the Kickstart Finance Podcast. Today, we are going to be interviewing Peter Clem. Peter Clem is a real estate broker for Clem Real Estate, and he is the founder of it. And he's going to talk to us a little bit about real estate brokerage and real estate in general. Welcome, Mr. Clem, to the Kickstart Finance Podcast. So the first question I'm going to ask is, what made you decide to go into real estate? This was really a lifestyle decision for me. I was a finance major in college and having studied finance, I, all I really wanted to do was work on Wall Street. And then I got for the dream job in working for two billionaire families in a very small but sizable fund. It was the second largest fund of funds in the world at the time. And I had an amazing insider's view. But after a short stint there, I quickly realized the quality of life was not at all what I had expected. And I decided shortly after trying that, that I really wanted to see greener pastures. And having grown up in a rural area, an hour and a half outside of New York City, I sort of was trying to figure, invent a way to move back to where I had grown up, but make a living. And I'm a capitalist and ultimately decided that I wanted to live and work outside the city and enjoy the things that I love to do. But also, I did like the proximity to the city. I was a single guy at that moment, not to bore you, but I wanted to make money at the same time. And, and I guess ultimately went into what is a family business, which my, really my mother had started and never did I ever expect I would be doing my family business or a business my mom had started as a second generation. But I kind of identified that real estate is an essential. Everybody needs to live somewhere. And then I sort of identified that the market size of the real estate industry which represents about 15% of the US GDP and employs 2 million people, generating $10 billion in corporate profits, I kind of realized that there's got to be money made in this industry. And um, ultimately, this is what helped cause me to go into this. Here I am 24 years later. And uh, what would you say the primary role of a real estate broker or your job is? So it's ultimately to educate clients, buyers and sellers, and to guide them through the purchase and sales process. And there's lots of different facets to the real estate business as far as sales and real estate brokerage. But ultimately, I think to generalize, it's really to educate your clients and help them through the process, whatever that may be. And what would you say the most rewarding part about being a broker is? For me, it's about relationships. And I am very fortunate to have developed such amazing relationships, many of whom have become lifelong friends, such as your family. And it's really helping to achieve my clients' goals, whether it be buy or sell a property, which is also very rewarding. Someone looking to become a real estate broker, what advice like, would you give them? I would say that you'd want to find a successful mentor and try to emulate that person. And you need to be patient. You've got to be inventive. And I would say that no different than any other specialty, you need to become a specialist. You need to become an expert in a niche of the market, in an area with demand or an area with perceived demand. And to be successful, you, got, you have to add value, which means you need to know more about your specialty than your customers and clients. And I had 
in sending me the question, I kind of thought this through and I kind of thought to myself that the notion put forth by Malcolm Gladwell in his book, Outliers, reports that it takes 10,000 hours of practice to become an expert in your field. And although this is overly simplistic, the truth is the process of practice in your field, or especially doesn't stop at 10,000 hours. In my business, I spend lots of time previewing properties in the market so I can intelligently discuss the properties with customers, clients, bank lenders, appraisers, trust attorneys. And these are people who consider me an expert and call me for my expert opinion when valuing property. And it's critical to develop these meaningful relationships to increase your network. I would also say that the world has become increasingly online, which I think was one of your questions as to how the market has changed, not to jump ahead, but I think that this rings true. But the point is that online, you can evaluate and look at Zillow for the value of somebody's home. But if you haven't seen the home and understand some of the features that may or may not be involved, I think that this is for somebody that's really spending a lot of time in the field as an expert who has seen a property and physically understands the ins and outs of a given property is more of an expert than just an online database that doesn't understand the ins and outs of a property. I see. So I think there is, particularly in a market like the one that I happen to be in, which is a niche specialty second home market, where there's no two properties quite alike, the online is not having much impact on our market. Whereas it might have a big impact on other markets that are more cookie cutter, such as an apartment market or a market that is where every house is basically similar. In a subdivision where every house is similar square footage, similar acreage, you know, and they're all built by the same builder, those are much easier to evaluate. And those are more probably where online systems can ultimately take the role of a broker out of the picture more easily than in a more specialty market. There's lots of different markets in the in the real estate business. So would you generally say that you're in more of a buyer's market rather than a rental market? I live an hour and a half north of New York City, as you know, and mm-hmm. this is Lichfield County, Connecticut, which always has historically been a, a second home market for, for New Yorkers who feel the need to escape the city on the weekends. But given the COVID, it's actually increasingly becoming a full-timers market. We're lucky that this area has so many renowned prep schools. These are high schools, boarding schools, and there's more per capita prep schools in Lichfield County than any other county in throughout New England or New York. You've got Hotchkiss, Kent, Canterbury, Taft, Gunnery, the list goes on and on. And these are 150-year-old institutions. And that has always been a draw to the area. But increasingly, given the COVID and, and, and the school and a lot of the shutdowns, I think you yourself are just indicated that you're on Zoom. A lot of these schools have shut down. And so a lot of people have sought to go to these prep schools are still fully in business. They've not shut down. Interestingly enough, maybe because they're more isolated and they are largely boarding schools. So since Litchfield County is a second home market for New Yorkers and there has been an increase of New Yorkers leaving, has there been a spike in the real estate market there? We've seen an unprecedented demand in this region. Yes. And, and real estate is very local. It's a very localized business. And Looking back, there's been mass migration to cities worldwide in the last couple decades, and suddenly the, the tables have turned, and there seems to be a reversal of trends where, because of COVID, people are now suddenly looking for greener pastures, and given the ability to telecommute where it's now socially and economically viable, where people can literally live where they want to live and work from where they want to live, depending on, you know, depending if you're in the restaurant business, that's not true, but if you are in many industries... That is true. 
and the world is going to be forever changed as a result. And this has benefited our area. This has not benefited every area. We just happen to be a benefactor. We're blessed. We're lucky. But there are many other places that have, this has been detrimental. If you were an inner city broker, you are probably having a hard time. There's not a lot of demand right now. So if someone was looking to buy a house, what would be the process they would take to buy the house? Well, that varies depending upon whether you're looking at an apartment in the city or if you're looking at a suburban market or a market where I happen to be. The market that I happen to be in, because this is rural, these are country properties and lake estates, and there's no two alike at all. You really need to see these homes in person. So virtually every home is ultimately shown before it's sold. There, there are virtually no homes purchased over the, over the net at least not yet, in spite of the fact that we have virtual tours and so forth. So this is a very in-person, personal business, the one that I happen to be in. Which then leads to being able to form more of a connection with the... Exactly. Whereas if you were a broker, maybe in a city, it's more of a corporate relationship and you may or may not have much of an interaction with the ultimate customer. And that's probably why the brokers in the cities frequently don't have as much of a personal relationship more of a nine-to-five relationship, whereas in a rural place such as the one we're in, people spend a lot of their most important family time here. This is their second home, often now becoming their first home, but they spend holidays. They spend, this is when the grandparents get together once a year. This is a place that they spend long weekends and real downtime, family time. And in an area like this, which is a ultimately very personalized small villages where you get to know the shopkeepers and so forth. We as real estate brokers become very involved with people and their family. And we be, we're blessed to spend a lot of great time with them, whether it's on the golf course or on the lake or whatnot, which is unusual or different than you would be if you were in a broker in a different market. And since you've been in the real estate broker industry for 24 years now, as you yeah. said before, what changes have you seen in the industry in those 24 years? I would say more information is online. And as I say, in the luxury market, where properties are very unique, our market is not a cookie cutter market. This information online is not as meaningful. And it's still fundamentally relationship business. And you really need a pro to become educated. But I think, you know, looking back to your initial sort of, I guess the theme of your, this is a real estate discussion and in trying to speak to people that are maybe considering this as a career, it's a fabulous career. It's one that it's quite varied. If you're a broker in a city or a broker in a second home market, those are two fairly different things, but I'm in the luxury home end of it. There's generic real estate and then there is luxury real estate. And I've enjoyed being in the luxury end of it, but you can be successful at either. They're both you know, as I said, there's lots of different variation, but real estate is very localized and certain areas due to demographics, taxes, and lifestyle changes will drive property values. And it's, it's certainly more fun to be in a market that sees appreciation than depreciation. You want to, if you are a capitalist and wanting to make money at this, you want the wind at your back. You want to be in a market where generally speaking, there will be increasing demand over time as opposed to diminishing demand. So those are some of the things that I would probably be considering. And people can make significant money buying and selling and renting real estate. You can be sort of buying a property for your own use. You can buy a property as an investment. And it's fun to have a myriad of clientele who seek both and different, which is to say, I have clients that are investors. I've got clients that are end users. 
mostly that are end users, but both are, to me, interesting. And this career can take you lots of places because you meet somebody in your market and they may develop a relationship and trust with you. And they may say, we'd love to have you help us buy a property elsewhere. And being in the second home industry, would you say it's more people living in the house or would you say it's like more investors as? In our market, it's more people that are end users that are living in the home themselves. Mm -hmm. We get very few investors in our market. Good. Thank you. If there's anything else you would like to share. Thank you so much, Tucker. I think it's, I love what you're doing. Not sure how helpful my end of this is, but I'd like to be as helpful as possible. I think I would only end by saying that some of the things you don't learn in college, for those of us that want to be capitalists, I think, you know, if you're a finance major, at least when I was in school, I'm almost 50, so that's quite a long time ago. I guess I was very much thinking of investment banking and sort of finance and Wall Street and so forth. Never would I have thought I'd be a real estate sales guy. And I would say that it's been a very rewarding business. And it's over time since I've been doing this, when I started in this business, it wasn't as respected as it is today in the sense that you nowadays go to a cocktail party. I shouldn't say nowadays because nobody's having cocktail parties at the moment, but (laughs) But up until the COVID, you would go to a cocktail party and people were just as interested to talk to me, the local real estate expert, as they would be to a local doctor or an attorney or so forth. And I would say that was not the case as I started this business. So I got into this at an interesting time when now it's become quite a, an important industry. As I said, it represents 15% of US GDP. So it's, it's a major industry and there's lots of facets to it. And I would highly encourage people to look at this as a possible career path because it's a fascinating career, but it requires just as much, if not more time, 10,000 hours practice than any other business. This is a serious business. And and I would say that that a lot of people have held a real estate license because they're a part-time, they're a school teacher, they're a mom, and they just have a license. And I would say that is not probably how you're going to be successful. This is really a career that requires as much time as being a lawyer or a doctor. You need to spend a lot of time with this. I work seven days a week in this business. So I would say that requires an amazing amount of commitment. In my end of the business, we work weekends, we work nights, we work whenever the the clients want to meet. We're there and we're on call like a doctor, actually. Okay. Thank you for your time. It was a very interesting conversation about real estate and it's very helpful to me. Thank you. Pleasure. All the best. Wish you all the best. Thank you, Tucker. Thank you for joining us today on the Kickstart Finance Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe and leave a review so others can find it. You can discover more information in other podcast episodes at kickstartfinance.com. Have a great day and I'll see you soon.